Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 65th episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. Uh, before we get into everything, I'd like to introduce my co-hosts. I'm here with Aiden, Bart, Jared, and Wyatt. And I'm Lucas, and I'll start us off with a little bit of a news wrap-up from our last week. So, first off, this past week, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson aired his grievances publicly on the Dan Patrick Show about his lack of involvement in the offense and all offensive personnel decisions. It'll be interesting to see where that situation goes from there. Anybody have any quick two-second predictions about what they think is going to happen? He's no. <laughs> it's going to get blown up for a couple of weeks because we like the NFL media doesn't have much to talk about and we'll forget about it. Then at the, when the season starts, it'll be like, how does Russell Wilson not have an MVP vote ever? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up, Lakers star Anthony Davis said only politics would keep LeBron from winning the MVP award this year. I saw a bunch of really good follow-up tweets that saying Jokic or Embiid should change their first name to politics <laughs> to be like <laughs> to be like the actual reason why that keeps him. Uh, former Auburn coach Gus Malzahn was hired as UCF's uh, newest head football coach. UCF being the sixth winningest program over the last five seasons <laughs> in college football. Oh, man. Uh, um, I'm surprised that didn't UCF need to be was. qualified more, yeah, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one of those team of the top six teams to not make the playoffs in the last five years. So, go. you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you have feelings on this, Lucas? Would you like to talk not, more about this? Yeah, anyway. None at all. Well, listen back in the archives. Um and finally, Notre Dame and Florida announced a two-game home-and-home series in 2031 and 2032. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how things are going in year 22 of the Brian Kelly era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the peak. I know. It's exactly. <laughs> the first you know, 12 years have just been a warm-up exactly. at this exactly. point. <laughs> He's getting his feel um, for, the, you know, for the atmosphere, for the system and everything. Yeah. Yep. Best yep. times to come. But uh, we're going to get started in the NBA uh, where Jazz is back at the top of the charts uh, with the perennial NBA darlings, Utah Jazz, currently sporting the NBA's best record and sitting atop the Western Conference. They also recently had a resounding win over the Milwaukee Bucks, who are second place in the East. So, Aiden, is this the year the Jazz finally compete for a championship? Yeah, I actually think it is. I think we've become pretty used to the Jazz being good in the regular season and fairly unimpressive in the playoffs. Um, I think this team has shown reasons uh, that they might be different. Like the Jazz have always been great defensively, or at least you know the you know Rudy Gobert um, era of the Jazz have been. I mean, they've been top ten defensively each of the past three years. This year is much different. They're third. Um, their offense though has never really been elite. They haven't had a they haven't been top 15 in terms of points per game the past three years um and that's changed this year and i think it's because they're really leaning into like the three and d style like uh team like they're averaging 16.7 made threes a game which is crazy (laughs) which would set an nba record to take it from the 2018 2019 rockets and they're also a really good three shooting team last year they had the best you know like percentages in the league um but they just didn't do it nearly as much they're averaging like seven more a game this year um, and for that reason, they're now, or probably for um, largely that reason, they're currently sixth in the NBA in points per game. They have a pretty elite offense, um, and they've been beating good teams, as you mentioned, Lucas. They they beat the Bucks. They've they beat the Bucks earlier in the season as well. They've beat the Clippers twice. Um, the thing that we're still kind of waiting on is for them to play the Lakers, which I think is coming up in the next week. They're playing the Sixers tonight. They've also got mm. two games against the Clippers this week, so this will be a, a real yeah, a real test of a week for the yeah for, for the <laughs> yeah. Jazz, but um, I think they, I think more so than past years where they've never really cracked the you know like competing for a championship level. Um, I think this this could be the one. We'll see. I agree, and it's awesome. I yeah. love I love I think the NBA is cooler when the when the when like small market teams in general are good. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and also. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say after the uh, after the Shaq comments about Donovan Mitchell a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I'm happy to see that he has proven him wrong. Yeah, I think the one thing that might prevent them from making the total leap is I think Mitchell needs to just take a, like a very slight leap. Like his stats this year versus last year are almost identical, and I guess that's obviously canceled out by the fact that you know everybody's playing really well around them. Uh, Jordan Clarkson especially, yeah. like 
probably objectively six man of the year this year. Um, but I just think like his stats are almost identical to last year, like twenty four, five and five essentially, which is obviously like superstar level <laughs> type numbers. But I think because they don't have a great necessarily number two scoring option all the time, like it rotates between guys. I think if he takes up maybe three or four more points a game, then I consider them true championship contenders. But for now, I think I'll book it that they make the Western Conference Finals, but I'm not sure at that point whether they'll make it past there. Well, well, they could they could make it past there. What if the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis? Like, let's say he like let, yeah. let's say his injury is more serious. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't I don't know if they can beat a full strength Lakers team, but I think they could beat a full strength Clippers team, for yeah. example. You know what I mean? I I think they're yeah. up there. Actually, I was kind of down on them earlier, but when, after I looked at them, I was like, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll support them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I just want to say, I just looked this up quickly, Lucas. The 2012-13 Spurs, I don't know, they were the first ones that came back to mind, like the beautiful um, game mm-hmm. Spurs. Mm-hmm. Tony yeah. Parker was their leading scorer at 20 points, and then it was like Tim Duncan, Kawhi, Manu already had like 11. And they wow. almost beat the Heat in those finals. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I think these Jazz are also really, really good at passing the ball. Their ball movement is crazy this yeah. year. So I just want to push back a little bit. I, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell needs to take the next step. If they can play this well, like cohesively speaking. Because mm-hmm. they, they have six guys this year who are averaging double digits, which is pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But also, I mean, to pu- push back on that a little bit, even though I think I generally agree with your point, like <laughs> the caliber of those four guys is a little bit, I think, higher than what the Jazz have at their first four. Like, I, I, t- like, I mean, yeah, granted, right. like that's still Dun- Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, like later in their career, mm-hmm. and yeah. Kawhi, like before he was a total superstar. Mm-hmm. But I still think, like, <laughs> this sort of unable to define unquantifiable like experience to might play like yeah, a sure. level the like some, the it factor <laughs> yeah might play a little bit of a role in that sort of beautiful uh game team making it so far That's yeah yeah so a quick follow-up to that um do you think this year has elevated donovan mitchell closer to true superstar level or do you think he's just sort of you know still in that sort of young rising star category or, you know, somewhere in between. I, somewhere in between, yeah, I think. S tier? Yeah. I don't think he's I don't yeah. think he's S tier. I, I think what did help him a lot though was how he like kinda exploded in the bubble for a little bit. I think that helped mm-hmm. him out to like kinda be like a coming out party. You really never know with these things. Like sometimes it could be like what's the guy I'm thinking of? Monte Ellis or would or what's what, or someone else I was thinking of. <laughs> That like randomly can go off for like sixty points, mm. but then you kind of never hear about them again. You really mm-hmm. never know with that stuff. Yeah. But it could be like a Michael Jordan, you know, sort of thing where he goes off for sixty or whatever in the playoffs, and like that was his coming out party. Yeah. I think he's still on the upward trajectory, though. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, he's not a Monte Ellis yet, or that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was <laughs> it was somebody that used to play for the Bucks. No, that no. You, he, he used to go off for like 60 points every once in a while. Uh, I can't remember his name, though. It look. might have been Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis, Ellis played for the Warriors. Warriors right? he yeah, was, he was one he of was them. He was definitely that kind of player. He also yeah. played for the Bucks, I think. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, right. I think he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're really that that's not who I'm thinking yeah. of, though. I, I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> right. um, and yeah, he's go from, ahead. But he, Yeah. No, I think, though, that I'm not convinced that he's still on an upward trajectory or if you look at his stats over the past three years they're pretty much the same i mean he's been averaging like 24 a game like four to five assists a game i think his assist numbers are a bit up this year by like one or something his like efficiency ratings are pretty much the same um like i don't think i'm i'm not sure this is his ceiling per se but i don't think we're gonna see like donovan mitchell become like a huge superstar at any point and I think what he is at the moment is very good. I don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing. But I'm I'm not convinced that he'll ever be like a you know, an S tier level player. I guess. What do you think he'd have to add to his game to, in order to become that S tier player? Then, like, we just have to score more. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like, either, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's like he could end up, you know, go the, the scoring route. But also he's not like I wouldn't call him like an elite facilitator, but maybe it's just because the Jazz are just a very good passing team in general. And he doesn't need to be the, you know, like, a you know, Russell Westbrook or something who's averaging 10 assists per game. 
um like maybe just the pressure's off him a bit on a team that's so well-rounded i don't know all right well sticking in the nba we're going to move to a little bit of a different topic a team that's not doing quite as well as the jazz um (laughs) so after reaching the nba finals in the bubble last year the miami heat haven't necessarily played up uh, to the level of competition they established last season. They've improved a lot since Jimmy Butler's return, but I still think as of today they said outside the playoff picture. So, Bart, I ask you, what is the Heat ceiling this year, and what would it take for them to get back into championship contention? Yeah, the Heat are so strange this year. I think that's a really interesting analysis because if you look at individual numbers, they are basically, like, they're doing just as well as they were doing last year in the bubble. Um, uh-huh. Like, Dragic is scoring a little less, but he's facilitating better. Um, Duncan Robinson is shooting better. Kendrick Nunn sh- scoring a lot more. Bam has gotten better this year, clearly. Um, Jimmy is, like, the only one who is kind of, his numbers are a little bit down, but also he was hurt for a while, so I'm not sure how, how much of a, you know, factor that plays. Um, and yet, and yet their offense is so much worse. That's the real issue here is that their <laughs> offense is a lot worse, like team wide. So like out of 16 teams last year, they had the sixth best offense in the playoffs. This year, they're fourth worst. Last year, they had the six fewest turnovers. This year, they have the most. And they're also currently dead last in field goal attempts per game. So <laughs> they're not doing themselves any favors on the offensive end. But I think, I think the, it's interesting. I don't know how much of, of a factor the bubble was and how you know anomalous it was, but clearly it seems to have helped them a lot offensively. I think the long term, their ceiling is probably not quite as you know efficient as they were in the bubble, um, and for that reason, I don't think they're capable of reaching the finals again. But I think for them to do it again, they would need a hit right with with the offense. Like Butler's back, which helps. Their offense has clearly gotten better. Um, but like they're going to need elite three-point shooting again. They're going to need good facilitating again. And they're going to need Jimmy basically and, and Bam to go like out of their minds because those are their two studs offensively when they're on. Um, but I don't, th- I, don't think, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. I don't think their offense is going to be able to keep up this year with like the Bucks or the Nets of the league um, who are currently like first and second in points per game, I think. Um, I think their ceiling is probably the second round of the playoffs. Right now they're the ninth seed, which is wild. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. But even if they manage to get up to like a top half seed, I see them winning the first round and then probably falling out um, after that. Because right now, they're yeah they're they're just not looking quite as good. I don't know exactly what happened because they didn't really lose any personnel, but their offense just isn't taking right. And even I think if they fix it a little bit, it's not going to be enough to push them over the edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's. It's, their offensive regression is very interesting. It's hard to pinpoint. I mean, the fact that like last year they were second in three point percentage, this year they're twentieth, um, and it seems like it's not like any single player has fallen apart. Like individual pieces are, have been less good. Like Duncan Robinson, teams have been better at defending against stuff like that, and maybe Jimmy Butler being back and you know pro- providing that penetration that can get open three looks um, will will help them more than we think. But yeah, it has been more of a hangover than yeah definitely expected one interesting thing i saw was that last year they had a really really stark contrast between home and road records like they were elite at home and terrible on the road which i think might be the reason they were so good in the bubbles because it was basically like constantly playing at home especially because they're from florida (laughs) um and now i think i think they might be regressing a little bit to the mean seeing how there's you know actual travel happening again i think that might be part of it Mm mm-hmm and inconsistency and in like in who's playing each night and everything. Yeah. Right. They don't they just need that consistency for whatever reason. I don't know. In terms yeah, of I think yeah, I mean going off in tangibles, which I'm going to bring up again. I think just like that team worked last year because they just gelled and vibed together like at the exact right time of the season. Yeah. They had all that time in the bubble that they could sort of spend together and develop a coherent identity that sort of like hard-working heat basketball type thing that they're known for and they could really just perfect it since all they were doing is basketball and now that you know there are guys in and out of the lineup like jimmy missing a lot of time and um just sort of like the normal shuffling that has to go along with this coronavirus season i think they lose sort of all sense of sort of collective purpose and identity that sort of drove them through the bubble when that's literally the only thing they can focus on and not only that um like they're just like the outside world exists now that then they have to like sort of deal with that. And when you could before sort of like concentrate all your energy on basketball, they can't do that anymore. And I think 
they need that sort of level of cohesion to succeed because they're not really an elite team, I think, unless they can sort of go around that identity. But because they were able to have that last year, um, they were able to succeed. They thrived a lot in the three-point shooting. If they just can't shoot enough threes, they can't win enough games. And that's the unfortunate truth of them, is that they were one of the best two-point shootings in the league, obviously with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. But, um, you know, it's tough. It's it's tough when you just don't make threes. Yeah, because defense is not their issue this year, which is interesting. No. They're still really good defensively. So it's just, yeah. Still a great culture. They need to put it together on Mm -hmm. the other side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I don't know, which I think is possible, but I don't know how likely it is. Like I, I, I put it, if they really put it together, they could probably return to the conference finals this year. But I think that's very unlikely. I, I, I think it's probably a first or second round exit this year, in all likelihood. Yeah. Like I don't think like they'll, they'll miss the playoffs or anything yeah. like that. But I don't know. We'll see. But uh, but speaking of the playoffs, a quick follow up. Um, the Heat are at the ninth seed currently, like Bart mentioned, with an eleven and fifteen record. But they're not that far outside the playoffs. Uh, they're only a half a game out of the eighth seed behind the Raptors, and they're only uh, two and a half games behind the fourth seeded Pacers. Like it's very <laughs> tightly packed this year in the NBA, um, and they don't. It's not because all the teams seem to be succeeding. It seems to be because there's a lot of parity. There are only four teams in the East above five hundred at this point. Um, and the only team in the East with single-digit losses is the Sixers right now, and they're and they're less than thirty games into the season. So, do you think this year, just sort of posing to everybody, has COVID leveled the playing field and given the NBA more parity than it had before, or is there something else sort of factoring in? Is this just bringing back the old uh, stereotype of the East being terrible? Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, that, that might also be it. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> they got more stars, though, this year. Yeah. yeah. Like Harden, Westbrook. I guess John Wall left, but, I mean, he wasn't really a star yeah, yeah, anymore, but, right? Like, the question about parity, though, like, is it top-heavy still? Because I would say the East is still pretty top-heavy, which means it's not par- paradis. <laughs> um even if the records yeah. seem like they're more evenly spread. Because, like, mm-hmm. who realistically comes out of the East? Like, three teams, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Three teams. That's fair. The West also has a lot of weird records, too, though. Like, a couple days ago, I don't remember. I don't can it tell you what it is today, but like, the Blazers were, like, the fourth seed, and they were, like, 14 and 10. They were only four games above 500. Like, uh-huh. it's, all, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. Yeah, there's six games above 400. I mean, above 500. <laughs> I like that in your head you could do the math on what, like a 400 yeah, winning percentage yeah, was yeah, that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Just filed back there. I mean, COVID is definitely, yeah, it's impacting, but I don't know how much of a factor, like, I don't know how much of a difference it'll make in the long run, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll have to see. Um, we have one last NBA topic before uh, we move on to a little bit of football and then a little bit of sports and American culture, as uh, Jared has called it. Um, so the last week, the Mavs and, Luke, and Luka Doncic uh, beat Trey Young and the Hawks. A very close game this past week. Um, yet despite uh, the narrow win, the argument can be made that Young and the Hawks are closing the gap on Luka and the Mavs, two players who are always linked because they were traded for each other on draft night. So, Jared, what do you think the state of these young stars' rivalry is, and could Trey one day be better than Luca? So, in terms of the state of the rivalry, I still think Trey has a long way to go. Luca has a better brand overall and like better <laughs> accomplishments. He's made an All NBA team, right? Rookie of the Year, and in most stats, they're pretty close. Except the the thing is, is that I don't think Trey has like a competitive advantage over like Luca is way further ahead in rebounds per game, and he's kind of billed as like a a triple double machine, right? Where Trey Young, when he came into the league, he was like, look at his his three point shooting, and he's a deep threat, but he's not he's not really that good at that actually anymore. Like Luca is only like two percentage points worse career wise. Could could Trey Young be better than Luca? Obviously, yes, he could, but I'm not betting on it. I'm definitely betting on Luca, um, just because he has. I mean, Trey Young's only like six one. Luca's six seven. I just think Luca has a lot of a lot like in his favor uh, in terms of like their teams 
I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with the Mavs. Like they, they're uh, pretty in, pretty interesting team. I, I yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of the team wise and what they need to do to put put around Luca to make him better. But I still definitely would bet on him over Trey Young personally. Yeah. To win the rivalry. Yeah. 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 I I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think like Trey Young is a player that we've seen before whereas Luca kind of isn't so that's why yeah. I still view Luca's ceiling as higher like we've seen the volume scorer kind of small point guard before and Trey's a really creative facilitator he's, he's very good but Luca's still like this kind of like like kind of new breed to some extent um, and I think that still makes him more of a unique talent with more upside so I still think they're the you know the Mavs are the winner here <laughs> yeah Yeah. I think the one way that maybe Trey could come closer, because um, his game will never be like Luca's, like we mentioned before. Just he just can't do as much. Like even if he's you know a creative distributor and a great scorer, he's just never going to be able to do everything that Luca can do. I think it would there have to be some level of team success for the Hawks that the Mavs don't have for him to ever be considered in sort of like the same region. And I, in the way they're trending, I think it's possible. Like I don't think at this point, you know, the Atlanta Hawks are set up to win. NBA championship anytime soon but I think that you know if you continue to see that progression and the Mavs just sort of flounder with Luka and he never really gets beyond the first round of the playoffs uh, then you get into an, a more of an argument of like you know is Luka's dominance on the Mavs detrimental to the team which I don't think will ever be true but I think that like um, to the extent that if Trey Young can find some team success where Luka couldn't then you know, it starts to be more of a question than it is now. But I do think Trey has maybe gained a tiny bit just because it seems to be happening a little bit this year. But I think, you know, if you're going to take one of them, you take Luca. I see, like, all the time these, like, articles that are like, you know, both teams were equally winners in this trade. Like, they, it was mutually beneficial for the both of them. Like, they should have just, you know, you know, this was perfect. Like, both teams should have done it. I'm always, like, a little bit suspicious of that. Like, <laughs> Trey Young is a good player and good at what he does, but I don't know if it was like both teams benefited equally yeah. from the draft night swap. Like I think Luca is clearly a better player all around. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing we'll never know, like Rick Carlisle is one of the best coaches in the league, and you can't say for yeah. certain how much him helping Luca has impacted his, you know, growth mm-hmm. as a player. I mean, I know Luca Luca was already like prodigious in um, the European leagues. But still, I think, like, it's one thing that really bothers me, super quick aside, I'm pretty sure the Wolves will never be good at drafting because they just can't develop. So, like, I you know how people always talk about Steph got taken after Johnny Flynn and Rubio? But I'm pretty sure if Steph had gone to the Wolves, he wouldn't have been that good. So, similarly, I think uh, if Luka had gone to the Hawks instead and, and Trey Young had been on the Mavs, we could just as possibly be talking about how dominant Trey is. Because though I think the Mavs organization is just, like, I don't know. They have more of a winning it's culture, a at least recently. And Carlisle oh, yeah. is definitely one of the best coaches in the league. So that's there's something to that, too, I think. Yeah. 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 We could have been talking about Johnny Flynn if the young players <laughs> took him and stuff. Greatest all the time basketball yeah. player. <laughs> Literally yeah. just, uh, <laughs> Sorry, whatever, whatever happened to Johnny Flynn? Like, a quick yeah. aside. I think he was out of the league in, like, D-League. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what could have been? Yeah, I know. I think about it every day. (laughs) I remember being really big on Johnny Flynn, like back in the day. He played for Syracuse. He played for Syracuse. So, so and his and the games would be on TV all the time. I'd be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He was in the the then D League in his like second season. Oh wow, sort of. That's that's a pretty quick yeah (laughs) for a first rounder, right? That's that's pretty that's pretty quick, but. For a yeah. Yeah. fifth overall pick, I think. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Is, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was, he was all, all rookie second team his first year, according oh, to Wikipedia. Okay. So, well, yeah. <laughs> but but name, a pretty precipitous decline. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, to close out the Trey Luca mm-hmm. topic, though, I am in, kind of intrigued by the Hawks a bit. Uh, I mean, the Hawks haven't been amazing this year but last year they were one of the worst teams in the east yeah. um and this year they're 11 and 15 they seem like middle of the pack um deandre hunter looks like he's like a good a good talent john collins is pretty good 
Um, so I think that they have some upside, and it's especially interesting given that the Mavs, like the pairing of Kristaps and Luca, still just doesn't seem like it. It's going to be enough, you know. Yeah. Which maybe yeah. it, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it was unrealistic to think that was going to be all that it would take. Um, but it's it is interesting. Kristaps yeah. needs to oh, stop. Have a big test. Uh, yeah, that's those yeah. also true. Yeah. Yeah, big test against your Knicks tonight, Aiden. So, <laughs> the game, the game will... on the ups, yeah. <laughs> on the ups, hey, currently the seventh seventh seed in the in the East. They have so. a great defense. So <laughs> shout out to um, Tommy T. Yeah. What's this? Emmanuel quickly is like being dubbed as a steal of the draft. So hey. that's good for them. Hey, this is yeah. <laughs> finally things are turning around. Anyway. <laughs> Well, let's fly on over to the NFL where we're talking about JJ the Jet Plane as the Texans have officially cut uh, their veteran defensive end, JJ Watt. He spent his entire career in Houston and they gave him the chance to sort of pick his own next destination. So, Wyatt, do you think this symbolizes a full rebuild in Houston? Although they're afraid to admit it, it absolutely does symbolize a full rebuild in Houston. Uh, everything that they say is pretty much the right thing to say as far as Deshaun Watson goes to say he's a Texan for for life and we plan to keep him around. It's because they don't want to devalue um, the amount of stuff that they can get back for Watson. But the fact of the matter is over the last two or three years, <clears throat> they're two of their three best players, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, and Deshaun Watson, are gone. And right now it's soon to be three out of the three players, depending on how ugly Deshaun Watson wants to make it. But, I mean, you don't trade away a guy like J.J. Watt and say that he deserves a chance to pick where he wants to go so you can win a championship if you don't believe that your organization is a team that can also win a championship. Mm-hmm. So they kind of they had to let him go. And I think that the, this means that Deshaun Watson is not too far out the door either. Yeah, I think the point you made about – the fact that they like said like he can go wherever he want to win a championship is <laughs> telling. Yeah. Like like there's no way that like if you really truly believe you're building to win that you say that that you frame it in that way because otherwise you'd be like yeah, did you want as a Texan for life and he's gonna retire here a Super Bowl champion? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just yeah, I mean, what an incompetent organization. Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> There, there, there had to be some team that would eat up like the seventeen million that they were gonna that they had to pay him or whatever last year. There was some team out there that would have done. Like, why couldn't you do a Matthew Stafford thing with the Rams and just say, okay, we'll trade you. Like, pick your team, but we're gonna do a yeah. trade. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's pretty frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a Texas no. fan, but it's frustrating to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's yeah, snowing in Houston today, yeah. so yeah, it's, really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's really all falling apart. <laughs> yeah. 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 This definitely also gives Deshaun more leverage, given that I feel like they were trying to act you know? for a little bit, like they were gonna not trade, right. or they were like, you know, we're gonna hold on to him for a bit. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, if you're a team looking to trade for Deshaun, like. You can, they can't act like they're gonna they're not trying to trade him or will trade mm-hmm. him in the next like, oh, like, he's couple months yeah yeah exactly he's not, he's not you're gonna get rid of him yeah there, there's and teams uh looking at sam darnold by the way Aiden, so maybe maybe they're one of them <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> but i think a one they, for one sam darnold for right. yeah, yeah. Swap. Yeah. the texas I, probably would do that <laughs> if i'm deshaun watson at this point i'm gonna make it as ugly as possible he has to come out and publicly say i will never play another game in the houston texans uniform <laughs> because then they're just gonna keep playing this dance and try to squeeze as much lever or as much um juice out of you know, what possibly could be a trade for Watson when in fact he has to just now we all hated it when, when um, James Harden did it. We don't like when players do it all the time where they just kind of hold out and make a mess of everything. But on a level, I think Deshaun Watson might have to, because he's done everything right up until this point. He requested a trade. And now I think he has to demand a trade and tell him that he's not going to play with them anymore. Uh, It's, it's a not a good look. Houston and I said uh, I think last week or two weeks ago that they can't afford to fall into mediocrity which is why they might hold on to Deshaun Watson but they are not just falling there on a crash course Jared for mediocrity <laughs> yeah yeah it is a crash course yeah well, well now that JJ's gone uh, put a question to the group where do we think is the best place for him to, to go to why the Dallas Cowboys why <laughs> no we're putting no. it out there come on 
No, actually though, the the Cowboys should be pursuing him. They need him. Yeah. They need like they need any defensive help they can get, but especially on the D line. Yeah. I think. I think that'd be awesome. Second choice. Okay, my, my other choice is Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. He's a Wisconsin mm-hmm. guy, obviously. Go back home. Yeah. And if yeah. you want to win a championship, right? They've been to the yeah. last two NFC championships. Yeah. I know everybody's saying the Steelers because yeah. of um, his, his brother. Yeah. Yeah. But brother also, uh, I, another name I've been hearing thrown out there all the time is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Which would be Kevin crazy. Durant of the NFL. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're the Warriors. They would have they would have an amazing D line if he went yeah. over. Yeah, they would already, all be yeah. old, like Jason Pierre-Paul and the Duncan. Yeah. They'd be pretty good though. They were they were oh, good this year still. Yeah, they were great this year. Very good. And Jerry, to add on to your point of great defensive lines, I put Washington as one of my lists. Uh-huh. Pittsburgh was no in there. Way. Cleveland. I mean, it is a good D line, but what do you yeah. Cleveland? Washington? I think Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Washington is. Is closer to ready to win than the sooner Texans. rather than later. <laughs> than the Texans, yeah. Than the Texans. But I mean, they'll win the division. I'm pretty sure if they got JJ Watt, and then I think that they could compete somewhere to mid middle of the playoffs if they got a guy like that. But Pittsburgh, obviously, the Chargers. Um, mm. What else? It was Cleveland. About, was another one of my. The, yeah, one of my, Cleveland. Yeah. Of course, Green Bay. And I think Seahawks are up there on the list, but. I don't know. They're they're such, they're kind of a hard team to figure out now at this point whether or not they should. But at the same yep. time, it's I think that JJ Watt would be better suited going to a team where he's not the number one guy, where he's maybe the number two guy, and he can get one on one looks instead of being double teamed. And if he were to go to Seattle, it's pretty much just him. He would be the best edge rusher that they have, which might be good if he wants a big contract. But if he is seriously trying to win a championship, he might as well just go to, you know, one of the other places I listed. Like I'd be one. stunned if he goes for money. Stunned. Well, yeah, he clearly does it because he, yeah. he just left $17 million. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> saying he's not going to get that much. Right there, so. Yeah, I don't know. yeah that would be interesting. Yeah. It feels like the Texans kind of wasted his career, right? I mean, it's not quite yeah. that straightforward. But. And, uh, yeah. They, and they, they used him so crazy. At one point, he they like lined up at, lined him yeah. up at wide receiver. At one point, he was like catching <laughs> touchdowns. We had that crazy season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Why, I, I I actually am not joking. I could see him go to Dallas. Not even joking. He likes Texas. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, yeah but he's, he said that in his like in his goodbye video that he's like, I love Texas. I love people Texas. So yeah. like you know, yeah. stick around. Mm-hmm. Everyone just lists Dallas as a possible destination. There's <laughs> about just as much of a chance as anybody else as Earl as Earl Thomas did when he got cut. And... Honestly, I'm pretty sure ESPN just adds that to any list of destinations just right. so they can talk about <laughs> yeah, it. You know? yeah. Just... yeah. It's like the Lakers in the NBA. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Tyler Boyd is trying to actively actively recruit JJ Watt to come to the Bengals. Yeah, that all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's much better. Bold. Bold. Yeah, I, I love the really? confidence there to just like be like, you know, me, Tyler Boyd yeah. is going to be like the, the consequential figure in getting JJ Watt to come to the yeah. Bengals. His agent will be like, you see this? Tyler Boyd wants you, Boyd wants you to yeah, come play yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> they take that fifth pick, they <laughs> run with it, and all of a sudden the Bengals are a Super Bowl team. I mean, it's <laughs> they're on track. Or the Jets, and Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Jets, and then J.J. Watt just assigns uh, the new Texans. Yeah. To that there. would be yeah. crazy. <laughs> That'd be pretty yeah, exciting. package deal. Football's better when the Jets are good, you know? It's <laughs> <Football's laughs> been bad for a while, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, we'll move on to our, our last segment then. Um, so, sort of sticking in the NFL, this past week, ESPN released its latest 30 for 30, which is called Al Davis versus the NFL. Uh, the documentary focused on ex-Raiders owner Al Davis's decision to move the Raiders to L.A. in the early 1980s. The NFL, it's a lot more complex than this, but essentially the NFL argued uh, against this by saying, you know, a team's identity was tied to its city, Whereas David argued that the organization in and of itself held more sway over fans and would attract fans. So Jared, who's right here? Does a franchise brand and its culture built around it shape a team's identity more than the local community it sits in? So uh, I, I will answer that. I just want to go through a couple of stats. I have numbers to back up my conclusion, <laughs> but I, I want to tease my. Con- I don't want to like bury my lead, right, Lucas? That's what it's called. <laughs> anyway, the, so so the NFL NFL franchises make a bunch of money, right? The average operating income is $109 million, so like average profit, essentially. The Raiders were the 12th most valuable team before last season. 
but their operating income was way below the average at $33 million. So even before they moved to Las Vegas, this was before they a uh, first season in Las Vegas, they had a similar problem that, than when he was going to L.A., right? And there's an Emory, there's a professor at Emory that actually ranks NFL fan bases on, like, on uh, three things. Fan equity, which is how much they pay for home games, like how much they show out for home games. Social media equity, which is a fans, the fan base's, like, willingness to engage on social media. He used Twitter mostly for his stuff. And then road equity, which is how well they travel, basically. So the numbers for the Raiders specifically actually support Al Davis. Uh, well, if they were to move today, again, or if they since they moved to Las Vegas, the numbers support that as well. They have the fifth best road road equity, so their fan base travels really well. Thirteenth highest social equity, but they were thirty first at home on home equity. So in their in their case, you can easily make the argument that they were actually being held back by being in Oakland and not going to Vegas. The numbers, we still don't really know. Like, Obviously, uh, you know, the stands were empty this year at the, <laughs> at the Raiders game, so, you know. <laughs> Apparently they weren't that good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think that those numbers mean they are a national brand. So in that in that case, because they have a high, pretty high social media following and road equity that, that like, fans travel. So I think if you, if you have those sort of numbers, you are a national brand. And I don't think it was because they were in Oakland. I mean, the Raiders moved around a lot, right? They went to Oakland, and then they were in L.A., and then back to Oakland, and then, and now Las Vegas. So I, I, I think with professional sports teams, they're more national, and um, their team's brand is weighs more than the city they're in, I think. Like, you don't think – I, I don't think you think of any city as, like, a, a pro football town. I, I, maybe Green Bay, but uh, you, you, there's plenty of towns that are like, this is a college football town or this is a college basketball town. But any major city like Seattle, I don't, you don't think of that as like, oh, yeah, this is a football town. They love the Seahawks. I know they have their 12s and st- all that stuff, but it's not really. It's just, it's just a city that has a team, I think. And I think most, I think te- I think the- most teams are like that. I think in the case of like the most iconic franchises, though, they're all tied to the local identity of the city, like why they've become the iconic franchises. Like, I think if you're gonna put three NFL teams at the top of like the big NFL teams, you're gonna do the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Packers. And all three of those teams, the way that they're perceived and identified, has something to do with the local identity. Like, you think the Steelers? It's like the Steel Curtain. It's tough. You're playing yeah. the the cold. It's like the blue collar whole thing that's associated with uh the team cowboys are like the glitz and the glam of dallas that's sort of like very intertwined with like the new money aesthetic and jerry jones and sort of you know everything that sort of dallas came to represent with like the tv show and everything in the the 70s and with the packers it's the same sort of like you know the frozen tundra working class small town like they're owned by the fans like i think all three of those teams specifically who i would term as like the most iconic nfl franchises Something about why they've become so popular and, you know, such national brands is because they're so based in that local identity and their sort of team identity is based around who they are. Well, there's and something. I, I think I think there is, like, part of it, but I, don't, I think it's more like 30-70. I think 30% is the location, 70%. is just that they've been a, around a while, I think, rather than where they've been located. I think if you took yeah, the Cowboys, sure. for instance, and moved them to, yeah. like, Minneapolis, <laughs> I think the mystique would stay. For the most part, I, I think I agree with Jerry that it's it it's because they've been there for so long. But now it's not like they've transcended it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I agree with that. I just don't think there are that many teams that that's true for. I think that I don't even most think teams aren't Packers. brands outside of their like location. Besides, you talk about the Cowboys and the teams that Lucas mentioned, and you know the Yankees or the Lakers and other sports like they're brands. I don't think most sports teams have that kind of brand energy that they could go to a random location, another location, and it'd be like, whoa, they're here, you know? Well, I don't think, I think I don't think that the Packers would be one of those teams that they could just <clears throat> move to another city and yeah. be like, oh, we're still the Packers, mm-hmm. even yeah. though they are a historic yeah. franchise. I think the Raiders are definitely one of those franchises you can move, and I feel like they finally, I do feel like Vegas is finally like they're a good resting place for them for a while. They kind of feel like they were meant for Vegas, but mm-hmm. Pittsburgh might be the only other team that I can think of. I don't even know if Dallas, to be honest, would be the same mystique 
if they were to move out of out of Dallas. Such a big city. I mean, they're a big flamboyant, you know, organization. I don't believe that they would be able to to move just move and be the same big franchise that they have been. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think I think teams like choose obviously like you want to incorporate where where your t- team stays like into your identity. But I, I yeah, I think I think you can separate a lot of teams from their identity and they can they can stake one out. It's not going to be in the first year. Like if Green Bay moves to Boise, like in the first year you're not going to be like oh, yeah, the Boise team. It's going to take 10 years, right? It's going to take time. And I think and then and then they'll be kind of established as like, "Oh yeah, this is Boise's team now." Like like the Lake I don't know. This is maybe a, b- a bad example. The Lakers used to be in Minneapolis, right? Nobody thinks that, like their brand isn't associated with like, oh yeah, they used to be that Minneapolis team. Now that they just reestablish themselves, we're a Lakers team. It's about branding, or we're an LA team. LA but, might be an exception. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, gonna say. It could be an exception because it's LA. But I'm trying to I'm trying to rack my brain for another one right now. I think I, one one thing that sort of speaks against is the, the Chargers Seattle. experiment. Like, what do you mean? They like. The Chargers were like a beloved team in San Diego who like sold out games and they moved to LA. Like well, beloved maybe a strong word. I'm not sure about that. I don't think they They're, sold out games. I think they maybe they sold out more games than they did in than they currently are in LA. Like I think Well, nobody could go to games this year cuz of coronavirus. Come on. Well, okay, they've been in LA for <laughs> they couldn't even I know, I know. They couldn't even sell out like a soccer stadium. Like it would be dominated by other teams fans. I think that even though they weren't like, you know, like like the best like NFL team with like the best fan base in San Diego. There was like a contingent of people following there that like sort of had thought of San Diego as like, a t- or as the Chargers is like San Diego's team. Like even if nothing more than that, they were San Diego's team. And then they moved to LA and they've lost that. And like, who's a Chargers fan in LA? Like no offense. The Chargers have great uniforms, yeah. great organization great or whatever. Uniforms. Great yeah. uniforms. But like, but, I mean, yeah. they don't have a dedicated fan base yeah. there in the way that they did in San Diego, even if it wasn't like a huge fan base. Yeah, there know? weren't but enough nobody, of a brand nobody, to pull that off. And and the teams that are enough of a brand to pull that off don't need to because they're already huge wherever they are in most cases. Like, Okay, so two things. One... How much of that is just because LA is super oversaturated with sports teams and San Diego yeah. has nothing else? Secondly, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at numbers right now and their gate receipts for the Chargers in 18 and 19 are approximately the same that they were from 2010 to 2017. There you 2018 go. was slightly higher, 2019 was like slightly lower than the other peaks. So it's like it hasn't even made a difference. I don't is that know. adjusted for well, cost of living though in LA? I mean, this is one story. <laughs> or can you do a breakdown on like who the fans are that are going through the gates? You know? Also, also nobody in LA is a real sports fan. They're, they're, they just wear their Dodgers hats and they wear their Lakers jerseys and stuff. But they're not real sports fans. Let's be honest about that. Wow, it's not a drag a whole city. No, LA is not a sports city though. Like people, people. Uh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but okay. So we were talking about this right last time. Is, does anybody think Dallas is a big market? No, the Cowboys made Dallas a big market. The Cowboys made Dallas a, th- a place, right? When we were arguing about the Mavericks, there's a lot of people that live in Dallas. When we were talking about Dallas last time, all of you were like, no, are you kidding me? You're trying to tell me Dallas is a big market? And it's like, they no, are it's because market. the Cowboys are there that Dallas is a big market. No, it's because, it's because there are a ton of people that live down there, Jerry. I, I do no, not it's remember. Not. They're definitely Texas. a bigger market, yeah. They're the Dallas... And it's, it's a Texas team, too. Dallas is yeah, the ninth like, biggest metro area in the States. I'm yeah. there right now. Okay. There's no Green Bay, you know, yeah. 1.4 million people in the metro area. It's a lot of people. It's a big market. Of, yeah, but but even fans. but even then, they're bigger. They're, they're like bigger than New York. It's not because of the people. Oh. It's because the team established that brand. Also, I lied. It was it was it was five point five million. It's way lo- larger than I said. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of people. I was I was getting the wrong stat. Wait, I'm reading a new stat that says twenty five. <laughs> it's the biggest city in the world. Um, no, I mean, yeah. I, I agree, Jared, that they definitely helped make it Dallas more relevant. Like the whole right. America's yeah. team branding was huge, right? But that's like a completely separate question from mm-hmm. from could they leave now and still be the Cowboys. They could, but why would they want to? You can't yeah. be the Cowboys and what? oh well, I mean, but, yeah, that's, but that's also a different question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, are there Cowboys in like Memphis? Like no, like <laughs> there used to be. There's no Cowboys in Texas anymore. Either, 
they're out there. <laughs> they're um, well, you I mean, wouldn't be uh, called the Cowboys anymore if you moved. You wouldn't, you wouldn't well, call yourself the Cowboys. Well, then you lose the whole argument of, like, the brand carries. Like, <laughs> if you're not the Cowboys anymore, then you're not carrying forth a brand to somewhere else. So, like, what's the point? What if you carried the star logo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be the Memphis Stars or something like that. I don't know. But I don't know. There are no okay, lakes in Los Angeles. Move. So, like, yeah. You could move to, like, Austin and still call yourself the Cowboys then. I mean, it's... That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting really into the weeds. <laughs> yeah. Well, sort of bringing it back up, a couple, two quick follow-up questions before we wrap up about this. Um, first, what relocation in sports history has worked out the best for a team? Minneapolis Lakers to Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I put that down as well. I, I wasn't alive. It, it did me no harm. Yeah. Yeah. It was – yeah, I put that down too. It's I That's love the Twin Cities, one. but yeah. Los Angeles definitely gives you a bigger platform from the biggest markets in the country. Now they're like an all-time iconic NBA franchise. And not that, you know, they weren't in the Twin Cities with the GOAT George Mikan, but like it's different. <laughs> like it, it just is. I just kind of wish they changed the name, you know, because it makes no sense now. Like, yeah, that's exactly. true. That is a case where they just left it. They were like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no California doesn't yeah, have anywhere yeah. close to ten thousand yeah. lakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think and all. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. In terms of recent ones, the Expos to Nationals one, I think, was pretty good. The yeah. Expos went yeah. 40 years without a title. The Nationals already have a title. And they're also just, I feel like, a pretty relevant team. They're in yeah. D.C. They're kind of exciting. They have the big head president's race, between them, <laughs> yeah. which is always fun, you know. It's reason enough. Yeah. <laughs> See, and they changed their name, and, and they did fine. Yeah. About the, but that's because the, the Expos weren't a brand. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, they had to create a new brand. That's true. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. anyway, last question. Uh, what teams are best suited for a relocation now? And any you know predictions for a fit there? If we had to, the if Cincinnati we had to Bengals up. need to move. Ohio does not need two teams. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> People barely go to Cleveland like Browns games, and they were good. Like and the Browns like don't really have that strong of a fan base apparently. So uh, yeah, Cincinnati needs to move. Cincinnati is the worst, uh, according to the Emory professor, I believe. So. Yeah, they need to move. To like, yeah, the, I don't know. The, Virginia Beach always gets thrown out there because there's a bunch of people there and no sports teams. I, I don't know. That, I don't know if that really would work, but yeah, I feel like that'd be nice. I hear Austin and Birmingham a lot as well. Yeah. Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's biggest biggest city in Alabama. No pro sports teams. Big sports culture. Is it on the coast? Work. Is it on the Gulf or is it in the no? Middle? It's not. It's, it's, kind of it's like. North Central. They, need, they should go to Mobile. Mobile's on the <laughs> coast. It is, yeah. <laughs> oh, Austin's no. hot right now. Like all the all the companies Austin's are moving exactly. there and stuff right now. Like, <laughs> it's also probably <laughs> literally hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it yes. actually snowed today. So oh. <laughs> in Austin, cool. no lie. <laughs> Austin but actually yes, might be like really no. good because now all those Tesla yeah. people and those Oracle people are going to be there. You know, you got you got some big spenders now. Worked for Golden State. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also want to say OKC needs to move back to Seattle. Um, yes. No. 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 They need to move Sacramento back up to up to Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Because that's I, the I, one I, team that's that the Thunder being with. yeah done away with. The Thunder. Yes. I think okay, no, no, no. Move OKC well. back to Seattle and then move Sacramento to OKC. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just like hand the Thunder like the Sacramento roster and then Seattle gets the OKC roster. Yeah. <laughs> they should consolidate some of those. California teams. Seattle definitely deserves an NBA team. Is is the point? I guess you're right. Sacramento's fans are super iffy, yeah. but yeah, mm. they're not Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. Does Vegas yeah. have a team? No, uh, no. They just have football. Yeah. Maybe Vegas needs a team. Yeah, they just have the problem. Maybe Utah Vegas needs is a like LA team. though. Vegas is like LA, where it's not a sports city. It's a gambling yeah. city. LA is a entertainment city. Yeah, right? but it, it it would it would drive in some fans if they were just gambling. Maybe. I mean, yeah. yeah, we haven't it's seen yet. Through. The, the yeah. problem is we haven't seen if it actually works for the Raiders yet. You know, well, the Golden the Golden Knights have worked out pretty well there. Yeah, right? the hockey team. Jared, do you mean yeah. from a yeah. fan perspective? Yeah, from a fan perspective. That's a good question. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, what were the Golden Knights sales like? 
That's a good Muslim question. Muslim. <laughs> NHL ticket sales 2019-20. First time in a while we've Googled anything uh, NHL related. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, NHL yeah. listeners, we see you. <laughs> we exactly. We'll be listening. This is too hard to find. We'll we'll, we'll put it. We'll, we'll report back. Yeah. We'll put some, we'll put something in the show notes about yeah. <laughs> where the Golden Knights rank amongst uh, places. So. Yeah. Right. I also put the. I also. I also. I'm sorry. Uh, I also think the Chargers should move to. I think that's just been a complete. Like there was, they they need to somewhere where they can develop their own identity. And I just don't think LA works. Like yeah. I don't know if fact that San Diego is the right choice either. But like yeah, throw them in Austin, throw them in Birmingham or Virginia Beach or Albuquerque. somewhere. Albuquerque, sure. Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> um, New Mexico's yeah. due for a for a sports team, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since had their moment in the sun. They had a High School Musical, and since then, oh, yeah. you know. What have they, they had? had, they had, they had a state, yeah. And <laughs> we're in the need for, a need for another uh, New Mexico cultural. They have Zach Efron's Wildcats. What other sports teams do they need? You know exactly. <laughs> what? Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Chargers. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, 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 I'm completely interrupting. I'm uh, you go. No, I just think the Chargers need to go somewhere new to develop their own identity because it's just not going to work in LA. And there's potential there. Like the jersey sales for that team could be off the charts because they're so good. But nobody cares about the Chargers. As of now, yikes! Yeah, exactly. True. Um, Justin so, Herbert, if you're listening, sorry, sorry bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we dissed them last year. We're dissing them this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, ESPN has NHL attendance reports, okay. and somehow teams come sometimes sell over 100 percent of their yeah. tickets. But in their first season, Vegas was fourth by percentage. 2018-19, they were second. Um, and 2019-20, I'm not even gonna. Look at because they were fifth good. last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems like they're doing quite well for themselves. Yeah, they're well over capacity. It seems like every year. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, good for them. That's interesting. Yay, Golden Knights. Anyway, if if you're looking to to relocate a sports team, let us know on Twitter at you thought sport. Go, go at us um, and, and and tell us about that. We're also on Instagram, you thought sport as well. Check us out there. We got some nice graphics on there as well. TikTok, same thing, Youth Out Sport. Um, we really appreciate you listening. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we will be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening.